Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And we're back again for another SEC Media Days 2.0 coverage. Just so much that we missed down there in Atlanta uh, during the Media Days, interviewing people left and right, trying to catch the pirate when he's on the main stage. Just peeling back the curtain a little bit of covering an event like SEC Media Days, particularly when there's four teams coming to the event on the single day like we had at day two and day three. I mean, it's a madhouse. There's the main room, there's side rooms, there's the radio row where we were located. Uh, there's all kinds of scrums left and right. It really is impossible to cover everything that happens down there in media days. And hell, we even got interviews we have not yet played. We're going to play them here on this show. So uh, Cousin Shane not with us on this show, but he is featured on these interviews. So uh, highlights from day two, SEC media days, what we missed the first go around, we got Alabama, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. There's some Vanderbilt gold here, believe it or not. And we'll end things off with Mississippi State and the Pirate and everything. Uh, you know, we, we pretty much got the Pirate covered. But these other teams, a lot of great stuff. So let's get right into the action here with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, man, I mean, it's this – we may have missed some things, but we didn't miss the confidence coming from the Crimson Tide here during their appearance at SEC Media Days. And I thought, uh, you know, that was capped by old Nick Saban. I mean, he's firing off jokes down here. He was asked, you know, what's the one thing you'd want people to know about you that they may not know? Gives a shout out to Miss Terry and his ability to clean a clean his house down here in Tuscaloosa. I thought that was great. And expectations for Bryce Young. And I, I think even Coach Saban was a little bit thrown off guard here. He's asked about old Gus Malzahn, former foe there that uh, beat him more than any other coach in recent SEC history. So let's kick it over to the highlights from Nick Saban, what we missed the first go around there at SEC Media Days. Coach, if somebody did not know anything at all about Nick Saban, what would be the most important thing you would want them to know? How well I clean house. <laughs> I've been cleaning house, you know, on vacation. Um, I get a list every day. I try to play golf in the morning. Miss Terry gives me a list when I get back and run the sweeper, take out the garbage, pledge the refrigerator. You know, nobody knows how well I do all those things. <laughs> On the left, Coach, back row. You have Bryce Young coming back after winning the Heisman Trophy last year, but of course falling short in the national championship game. What do you expect to see different from Bryce Young from last year to this year on the field? Um, you know, I don't really expect anything uh, in terms of what I want to see differently. Uh, I want Bryce to maintain the right mindset in terms of you know, how he prepares, how he practices, how he impacts the players around him because that will have a significant impact on how well he can play because, you know, quarterback is a difficult position to play if the players around you don't play well, whether it's the receivers, the offensive line, um, the ability to run the ball, create balance. Um, so we, I just want Bryce to just stay in the, 
the right mindset of what he needs to do to be the best player that he can be uh, and to be forward thinking in terms of uh, the things that he needs to do to make the progress to create value for himself. Uh, because I'm sure that, you know, Bryce would love to be uh, a quarterback in the National Football League. And um, I think, you know, how he does this year will, you know, have a significant impact on, you know, that, that part of how he develops his career. And we certainly want to do everything that we can to enhance that and help him, you know, develop the skill set and the people around him to be able to have the kind of production that will enhance his opportunities in the future. The SEC West has amassed some of the best coaches in the country. Uh, can you talk about what kinds of things you're doing as a coach to um, stay ahead of the curve, having to coach against so many good coaches week in and week out? And given some of the um, marquee moments the Iron Bowl has produced over the years. Do you miss Gus Malzahn? <laughs> Look, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Gus. I thought Gus did a fantastic job, uh, beat us, you know, more than I'd like to remember, uh, and um, did it because he was a great coach, a great play caller, um, has made a significant impact on the game of college football in terms of some of the things that he's implemented through the years. Uh, so I have a tremendous amount of respect for Gus. Um, so, yeah, the Iron Bowl is crazy. Uh, it was a crazy game last year. Um, you know, Bryce did a great job in the last drive to be able to tie the game. Um, and I think the most important thing was the two sacks that he didn't take and got rid of the ball so he didn't get sacked because we didn't have any timeouts. And people sometimes don't realize that. They look at the completions, whether it's fourth down, third down, touchdown pass, whatever. Um, so, um, you know, I, th I think it's one of the greatest uh, games in college football and uh, one of the most difficult places to play when we go there and play it. So um, I have a lot of respect for the program and the people in it. Uh, and know that you know we we really have to continue to hire good coaches, have great energy and enthusiasm in what we do, to make changes that is going to help us, you know, sort of uh, not really stay ahead of the curve, but just be able to understand things that people are doing in the game, uh, so that we put our players in the best position to be able to have a chance to be successful when they go out on the field and compete against it. But the real stars of the show down here in Media Days, I mean, these guys came with a message. They've been coached, no doubt, by Saban and his crew. But Will Anderson, the best defensive player in the country, many have him as the best player in the country, and Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, would not have won the SEC Championship without Bryce, would not have made it to the college football national championship game without their outstanding quarterback. What does that mean? All his accolades he got last year means nothing to him. I love this message from Bryce Young. And then Will Anderson. I mean, they get asked repeatedly about Texas A&M. They're all ducking, dodging, diving, ducking <laughs> the A&M question. At the end of this thing, Will Anderson cracks a little bit and lets it be known that, hell, the Aggies are on the mind of everybody down there in Tuscaloosa. So let's kick it over to uh, Bryce Young and Will Anderson. As the Heisman Trophy winner best college football player in America. How do you get better on the field uh, as far as, uh, again, when you, I know you've been to the Manning camp. I don't know if you have a quarterback coach, but again, to get better. 
Yeah, um, you know, winning the Heisman is obviously a huge honor. Uh, it means a lot. Um, but also I understand that that doesn't entitle me to anything. Um, really, it's a award that celebrates one season that I had in the past, which is, again, an honor, but it doesn't mean anything towards me moving forward. It doesn't have any, you know, it doesn't entitle me to anything. Um, so because of that, I, I don't feel like um, I'm where I need to be. I don't feel like I'm a finished product by any means. There's a lot of stuff that I want to keep getting better at. So um, I don't think it I don't think it prohibits me at all. Um, the way I look at it, again, it's an award that celebrates the past, which is an honor, but it doesn't entitle me anything to the future. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm complete. I don't feel like there's, not, there, there's definitely stuff for me to work on as a visual, stuff for us as a team to get better at. Um, so I'm working day in and day out to try to improve myself. Um, entering last year, you had lost so much off the previous team, and yet making it to the national championship game could almost be viewed as overachieving. But your coach, I think, used the word, you know, there's humiliation when you lose and yeah. stuff like that. So what's the feeling after last season? I mean, a couple things go your way. You're national champs. Exactly what he said. Um, you know, the biggest goal of our team always is to win a national championship and we didn't meet that goal last year so that season was not the successful season that we wanted because you know all the blood sweat and tears we put in and you know all the hard work you know all the long meetings is to get to a national championship and win it and we got there but we didn't you know finish the way we wanted it to finish uh, eli ricks was one of the uh, bigger transfer portal moves of, of the offseason what can you say about what you've seen from him so far as a teammate you know, he's tall, lanky, he's long, he can move really well, he can knock down balls, he can go up there and jump with people who try to jump with him. And it's been exciting to watch him uh, practice these uh, couple of practices that we had. He's a really good player and he's a better um, teammate and a good person. Jordan mentioned Jameer Gibbs and his pass catching abilities and how it's helping the linebackers. Yes. How, how is it helping you guys and, and what stands out about him to you? Uh, he's like a little route receiver sometimes. You know, we have to take those wheel routes on him and stuff like that. You better get on your horse because he got wheels and he can run. So he's, he's dangerous out the backfield, but I love it. It's, it's fun to watch. Birmingham, uh, I know this uh, football team's tight brotherhood. Uh, when things happen like what happened back in May when Coach Fisher kind of, you know, rails on Nick Saban with that press conference, uh, how does the team react to that? You know, we know it. We don't have to speak on it too much. We see what's going on. And, you know, when the pass get on and the game get going, we'll address it then. I mean, how great was that? Again, they came in with a message, but <laughs> it slipped there a little bit. Will Anderson let it be known. And we're going to let our talking be on the field this fall. And I know everybody's got Alabama running through Texas A&M in that matchup. Cannot wait to see it because I think it's going to be another fourth quarter game going to come down to the wire. Cannot wait to see Texas A&M travel to Alabama. Now, the stars of the event. In many eyes, the South Carolina Gamecocks and Shane Beamer, everything they got going for them heading into year two of the Beamer era. All these super seniors, I believe that the number I keep quoting is 15 super seniors. That's what Arkansas had. That's what Ole Miss had. And that led to them having terrific seasons last fall. South Carolina could very well be that team this year with Spencer Rattler and a number of other transfers coming into the program and some senior leadership returning in Columbia. Let's kick it over to Shane Beamer. Lessons learned from year one there in Columbia as uh, obviously his first time as a head coach. Hey, why didn't you bring Spencer Rattler? Of course, the big question down there, he's coming next year, according to Beamer with a smile uh, on the seniors coming back and just the love that's in that building. Beamer does not shy away from it. In fact, he embraces it down there in Columbia. Hey, Shane. Hey, Rick. 
What do you know now about being a head coach that did, you didn't know one year ago when you came to SEC Media Days? Mm. You know, I felt like I learned a lot, Rick, before SEC Media Days, to be honest with you. Um, just from January until July last year, uh, realizing the impact that you have on everyone in the program, that all eyes are on you every single day when you walk in that building, that what I say in press conferences like this or back in Columbia uh, is going to resonate across the state and the region with the fan base. Just realizing that, that even growing up the son of a football coach like I did, you, you don't realize that maybe to the degree that it is. But then also all the things that come across your desk every single day that have nothing to do with football uh, that you deal with as a head coach, which I love that part of it, don't get me wrong. And then throughout the season, certainly um, – you, you, you learn. Uh, there's mistakes that I made during games. I mean, I can think the things from last year that I'm still kicking myself in the butt for in-game decisions and stuff like that that you'd like to have back. But that's coaching, and you try and learn and, and be better going forward because of it. We'll go and then with the carry-on, his story and what he's done as a player is fantastic. So that was an easy choice to pick those guys. There's some other ones that would have been very, uh, uh, very deserving as well that – um, you know, people like uh, some of y'all thought I should have brought Spencer Rattler. We'll, we'll bring Spencer next year, all right, when he's a senior. So. In the middle of coach, second row. <laughs> Why y'all laugh? <laughs> um, you have these guys coming back, so many seniors that chose, made the decision. Gwen told us the offensive line got together and kind of made that decision. What does that mean to you to know so many guys were invested in what you were doing last year? And what can you tell us about what, what it's really like that these guys would want to come back and, and be a part of this? No, nah, great question point. I, I appreciate that. Um, it was very gratifying and, and, and humbling when they told me that. I'll be honest with you, like going into the bowl game, I wasn't sure about Zach. Um, he may have told you otherwise. I think he was probably leaning maybe towards going out. Um, but to, to the month of December is kind of a crazy time. You're getting ready for a bowl game. You're trying to sign a high school recruiting class. You're dealing with the transfer portal, and you're trying to figure out who on your own roster is opting out of bowl games, who's playing in the bowl game, who is leaving early for the NFL. So there was a lot going on. And uh, I remember meeting with those guys like Javon and like Zach and some other ones that I knew had decisions to make. And, and it was a pretty cool moment when Javon, Gwynn, and the offensive line told me that they were coming back because they felt like they didn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish and that they could be not only better players, but that they wanted to win more than seven games. But they also told me that they felt like they didn't do their job as leaders on the team last year. So that was pretty cool to hear. To hear. And then I remember we had the great bowl win over North Carolina and and uh, Zach and his mom, I think, were going to lunch the next day. And I remember driving in the car home from the facility. And uh, I think I got caught by train. You guys from Columbia will know that. And I was on the phone with him, and he was getting ready to go to lunch. And, and it's kind of like, whew, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, that uh, he's going to make the decision. That's best for him, but, but hopefully he comes back. And when he decided to, that was a great moment as well. So it's, it's a testament to what we're doing in the program, that our players – uh, saw last season what we're about, that it's not just talk, it's, it's actions as well, and, and that they want to continue to be a part of it, and they're, in, they're, in, they're enjoying it. And, and I told the guys down, the ladies downstairs and guys, like, I want this program to be a place. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's not easy being a football player here. It's hard work. It's demanding. You're held accountable. But I don't ever want our players to dread 
walking into our facility each day. And they don't. Uh, they, they look forward to coming in there each day, and that's because of the people that we have in that facility. You seem to embrace it. The video before you guys came down here was cool, blowing up Twitter. Um, you and Lane Kiffin leading the way in the SEC as far as coaches are concerned. How do you embrace and how do you deal with, you know, that side of things and versus, you know, demanding them on the practice field and doing game days? Yeah, no, it's a great question, great point. You've played the game for a long time and no. Um, for me, it's just be me. You know, I think sometimes they become guys become a head coach and there's a certain way you think you're supposed to act because you're a head coach in the SEC. And I was never going to try and be somebody I'm not. And, and I meant what I said. Like, it's not easy being a football player in our program. And our players would tell you, like, we work really, really hard and they are held accountable and we are very demanding. But we're not, we're not disrespectful. We're coaching them hard on the football field, but we're not disrespectful to them. Uh, they know that we genuinely care about them. We use the word love in our program a lot. And sometimes that may make people uncomfortable, not with us. Like we use the word love in our program a lot and have no problem telling each other that we love each other. And um, uh, that helps us grow together as a team. And, and the more that we can showcase our program, there's some great things going on in our program. There's some great people in our program and being able to, uh, highlight them uh, on social media like we've been able to do. I want to, for sure. And, and there's a lot of negative talk about name, image, and likeness, and certainly there's things that need to change and be better about it. But there's a lot of guys on our team, three of the guys that are here today, or the three guys that are here today that are using name, image, and likeness for the way that the law was intended. Uh, I mean, we got guys on our team that back in December took money that they had been able to bring in from name, image, and likeness and took underprivileged youth in Columbia on a shopping spree at Christmas so they could have Christmas gifts. Like, you don't hear about those stories as much as you hear some of the other stuff. So does it need to be better? Does it need, are there things that need to be changed? Absolutely. I'm not saying that. Uh, no one loves the way it is right now, but there's also a lot of stories of uh, the good that's coming out of it as well. And, and then, the, you know, to answer your question, for me, it's just be me and, and – uh, I know how blessed I am to be in this chair, and uh, I mean, I, my, I was coaching at Mississippi State back in 2005, and my wife was working in media relations at Mississippi State, and the SEC media days were in Hoover, um, and she was there all week working, so I think she, we were engaged at the time, I think, but I drove, or maybe she was my girlfriend, I can't remember, but I drove to Hoover and took her to dinner one night. I remember dropping her back off at the hotel thinking about, man, like how cool it'd be one day for me to be able to be in that hotel as a head football coach in the SEC. And here I am. So I'm sure it's going to enjoy it. And uh, it's a high pressure job. It's demanding. I get it. You're judged on what you do 12 Saturdays a year. And if you don't win football games, you get fired. But I'm going to have a hell of a time, you know, as long as I'm here at South Carolina and I'm having a blast right now doing it. So it's easy to see why the players love this guy down there at South Carolina, why they, so many have returned for another year, how easy it is to recruit transfers to come in to play for South Carolina, turn over that roster in very short order. One player that, hell, he's had opportunities. We all know the story to carry on. Joyner come in as a quarterback, had to switch to receiver, back to quarterback in the bowl game. He's played all over the field for the Gamecocks. And, and Beamer's been very public. But the fact that Joyner's had opportunities to transfer elsewhere, which it's illegal to reach out to him, but they has to stop people from doing it. We know tampering is going on. They don't hit on the tampering here, but to carry on Joyner, I thought uh, you know he did an outstanding job here representing South Carolina and 
talking about uh, the love this team has for their head coach, how hard they're willing to play for him. He pumps up Spencer Rattler and the leadership their new quarterback is bringing. I know that's a question mark outside of that South Carolina, but people wonder how big of a leader Spencer Rattler really is. According to Joyner, he is. And, uh, you know, I praise here for these new transfers. You don't know these names now. You should. I know the Gamecocks know them. But Juice Wells, the transfer from James Madison, and Corey Rucker from Arkansas State, these are two transfers. Maybe coming from a lower level, but many teams across the SEC, across the country, wanted Wells and Rucker on their roster. Now they're in South Carolina adding to the weapons this offense is going to have this fall. Um, you know, going back to last year, how big was that for you guys to, you know, get to a bowl game, win it, and how have expectations changed or how are they heading into year two with Shane Beamer? Yeah, expectations have not changed. Um, I think it's our goal for us to be the most consistent team in the SEC right now. That's our goal. Um, last year was, was a great thing to capitalize off of because we were projected to win two games. Uh, to go on and win seven. Um, in year one under Coach Beamer, I think that says a lot. It's scary to think about what we can do in year two. We're excited. Shane Beamer's ability to connect with his players and, and form meaningful relationships that trickle over into what you guys do on the field. Yeah, the first thing I think of is he's a, he's a player's first coach. Um, a coach that loves us. Uh, we love our head coach to death. Um, the more you love him, the harder you play for him. Uh, we're very grateful to have him as our head coach, and we're looking forward to year two. What can you tell us about how Spencer Rattler is fitting in on the field and off uh, at South Carolina? Yeah, a very great guy. Spencer Locker is next to mine, so we share a lot of great stories. I don't think people give him enough credit for the kind of guy he is off the field. Really great guy, uh, great leader. Um, energy is very contagious, a guy, a guy that you want to be around. But I think everybody in the country knows that he can spin the ball pretty well, and he'll be a great attribute to our team. Um, we're very excited to play with him. Your second row. Hey, Dick Carrion. Um, again, like we said, you've been here for quite a long time. Uh, who are some of the new guys that you've seen stepping up um, on the offensive and defensive end? Yeah, the first person I can think of is Juice Wells and Corey Rucker, uh, two guys that are going to help the receiver room tremendously. Um, two, two great, you know, Corey's a younger guy. Juice is a year younger than me, but two guys that has a lot of great attributes. That's going to help us at the wide receiver, having a lot of depth. Um, so we're, I'm very excited to play with those guys. So, you know, play next to them and throw them the ball too, so. And then one interview we've yet to feature here, Javon Gwynn, South Carolina captain. Two years in a row now he's a captain for the Gamecocks. He stopped by our booth at Radio Row. So Cousin Shane and I, uh, <laughs> we had no heads up on this interview. They basically showed up and said, hey, you want to interview Javon Gwynn? We said, yes, sir, sit on down. So uh, no preparation went into this. Probably could have been a little bit better if we were a little bit more prepared. I know Shane and I were kind of sweating when we were asking this, but I think it turned out pretty well. Hit on a number of things here and the buzz they got going in Columbia. So let's kick it over to our interview with South Carolina's Javon yes, Gwynn. Okay, good. Thank right. you for your time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. It. Appreciate y'all. Yes, yeah, so Javon Gwynn, South Carolina. A lot of expectations there with Columbia, yeah, with the fan base. I mean, hell, anytime we put out a tweet, these fans are – they're not saying you guys are going to be better. They're saying we're going to win the East, we're going to Atlanta. What's it like being part of a program with They're just, naming babies after you yeah, right now. You know I mean? like it's got to be a great time to be a Gamecock right now. Oh, yeah, most definitely, especially coming off the win that we came for, the first, for our first year with the new coaching staff. Um, coming off that season and then knowing that as a group, like interior, like knowing that um, we can do better than we did last year as a team. Right. Well, I want, I want to ask the locker room. I mean, I know you've, you've probably been asked 15 times about this video. <laughs> uh, but it, it just seems like every time a player video comes out, everybody's just having fun. 
And, and I think that gets lost a little bit in college football. Tell me a little bit behind the scenes how the players are just, I don't know, coming together as a family. Um, I'll say that helps out a lot for us to come in family because, like, the new coaching staff, they allow us to, to – um, we're playing a kid's sport, a kid's game. We've been playing it since we were little. Right. So they didn't take that away from us. So, like, we're able to have fun. Yeah. We're able to sit there and, like, be kids and still be serious at the same time. So, like, when it's football, it's football. Right. At the same time, like, we do stuff together. We have fun, little creative stuff like that, like, that we do um, that are – Were you in the video? Which one? The, the one from today? The hot video, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm the one that, I'm the one that gave him the sunglasses. <laughs> were they yours? Uh, yeah. <laughs> my daughter has a pair of those. I know, those, those weren't were mine. Mine were in my pocket, yeah. Hey, but yeah. I hate to uh, ask you this question. I don't want you to storm off or anything, but the streak against Clemson. I mean, how often do you hear that, and how much does that motivate you in the offseason to go out there and, and beat them? Um, it, we hear it all the time, like, just going inside the store, yeah. like, beat Clemson. They don't care about no other games but that <laughs> yeah. last game. Like, beat Clemson. But um, it's just one of them things, like, we haven't beat them since I've been there. So it's just one of the things, like, I'm going out. This is my last year. A lot of us seniors, this is our last year. So, like, that's the, like, you know, like, we're South Carolina versus Clemson. Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah. Super Bowl. Like, so, like, that's one of the things, like, we got to, we want to win. We need to win. How easy yeah. was it to, uh, to embrace Spencer and everything? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I've watched every game he played at Oklahoma. He seems like a massive, massive talent and raises the ceiling of the entire football team. Mm-hmm. Now it was smooth him coming in. Like it was real smooth. Like um, he was good. He's good people on the field, good people off the field, inside the huddle. Um, everything he's been meshing well with us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. did yeah. it, did any of the players get in the mayo bath when uh, Shane, Coach Beamer got got mayoed <laughs> there in the bowl game? Nah, <laughs> we let him have all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no. I'm just like I said. The hype train is I'm, everybody. That's all we hear all day long, especially mm-hmm. today. I mean, even Nick, Nick Saban opened this, and we're going to be talking more about South Carolina at the end of this day just because of the hype that's around you guys. So mm-hmm. um, I think the hard work's paying off, and I think your guys are up for a big year. Now, big year, one thing about South Carolina I'm looking at is your schedule. It, it mm-hmm. ramps up real quick, you know. So yeah, you. that Arkansas game, that's the one we talk about the most, you know. How, how big is that game going to be to Whoa, you guys? You can't, you're skipping Georgia State, man. <laughs> no, 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 they know. I say we're no. all Week, we're they beat Tennessee. Right oh, they almost beat Auburn. I mean, how, how much are those coaches putting that in your head at Georgia State? I mean, they can compete with SEC team. Yeah, they can compete with us. Like, any doing? team we play, like, anytime you're going up against a team, like, you got to treat them. It don't matter if they're little D1, big yeah. D1, SEC, ACC. Like, you got to treat them all the same because at the end of the day, they're going to come play as hard. So, we got to do the same. Yeah. You got me. See, he got the beamer in him. Yeah. How about the pregame with the with the 2001 raring? I mean, everybody that rates these, you know, best traditions in college football, Willie B, that those fans going crazy. I mean, how intense is that coming out of the gate with those fans behind you? Um, it's real nice, especially I believe like it's gonna hit more this year. Yeah, because it's my last year coming through um, Willie B. So, but it's going to be um, – it's real special, though. And then they, we got some new lights and stuff, the system going on mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, like, they like – they, I feel like it's going to be real special for, my, uh, for yeah. our last year. I, yeah. I grew up a Tennessee fan. I'm going to tell you right now, losing in that stadium with Sandstorm constantly playing. I never <laughs> want to hear that song again, <laughs> you know. But yeah. it, I, I've never – that stadium doesn't get enough credit 
for crowd noise. You know, yeah. tell me about the fans. You know, what is the what is the part that I guess drew you to this campus? Was it fans? Was it something you grew up always wanting to play for South Carolina? Um, it's just one of the things. Like when I came to one of their games, when I was getting recruited, like just seeing the fans and how much love they have for um, yeah. South Carolina. Period. Like Columbia, how much pride they take in this team and being a Gamecock and everything. So. Just going to the game, seeing the atmosphere, seeing everybody go crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. Hey, last thing I got for you, you know, you got to be the best of the best to be in the SEC. Mm -hmm. But even in it, you're in an even more elite club coming to SEC media days. What does it mean for you to represent the South Carolina your last year as a Gamecock? Um, I was excited. Like, when Beamer came to me, he told me, like, he wanted me to come. Um, I felt, like, I felt good about it. Like, just knowing, like, he picked me, Zach, and on to yeah. come and speak for the team, for um, what the team's about, um, speak on their behalf and everything. So it felt good. My final question. I'm in Columbia. I'm hungry. I don't know if you know. I've got a little <laughs> disorder. <laughs> you know, I'm looking for somewhere to eat. Where's, where should I go? I want to go something that's not a chain, nothing like that, something that's, like, into that area. Um, I'm trying to think. We go to um, – we go to Thirsty Fellows sometimes. Okay. Or you can go to um, – I'm trying to think now. Like, you got me on the spot. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what about yeah. – I always hear about Village something pizza. Oh, Village, Village Idiot? Idiot? Yeah. yeah. Village Idiot is good. Yeah. See, I already know. I'm a big guy, too. <laughs> nah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you can go there get you some pizza and stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Absolutely. Hey, best of, best of luck this season, man. Yeah. Thank Appreciate you for your you. time, sir. Appreciate y'all. Next team on the docket, Vanderbilt Commodores, Clark Lee. They've got a huge mountain to climb there in Nashville. We all know it, but hey, they're showing results on the recruiting trail. They've already determined their starting quarterback for the season. They've got some momentum heading into the uh, opener here against Hawaii. They have got to start better than they did last year. Of course, losing to ETSU in the opener, that was disgraceful. Now they have to go on the road. They're going to go out there early. They're going to go out nearly two weeks in advance of that football game. And they're. I think this is smart of Coach Lee. He's going to use this, you know, I don't want to say as like a bowl trip, but as a bonding trip to get this team in the right state of mind, heading into the season opener, nationally televised. This could be a big deal for Vanderbilt. Cannot afford to lose this game. Let's kick it over to Clark Lee talking about uh, just the, the importance of this season opener for his program at Hawaii. You guys play week zero. How urgent is it to be ready to go right away? And then also, what would a successful season look like to you? Week zero is a challenge. Week zero at Hawaii is a double challenge, right? So, you know, we have, we have a lot of work to do, and to use your word, urgent work. Um, to make sure that we're ready when that ball is put down on a tee. And I think when you play week zero, and when you're traveling a long distance, there are a lot of things that go into performance in that game that go beyond your skill sets. And so, um, you know, th this next month is going to be huge for us. Um, and yet, you know, our season isn't just that one game. You know, we want it to be the starting point from which we learn and grow and develop each week. Um, as far as success goes for our season, we, we we have one objective this fall, and that's to play at our highest level as a team, and that's it. And so um, we talk a lot about what that's going to look like. You know, that's not just something that we 
you know, a phrase that we throw out, but we, we talk about what that looks like both in performance, what it looks like in preparation. Each unit has a, has a tangible example of how this um, plays out day in and day out. Um, and we believe that um, if we can reach that level of performance and then replicate it, so have enough ownership over it to replicate it, um, that we're going to see a shift in results. And um, we know if we don't take total ownership of our performance and all the things that we control within that performance, then every Saturday we're playing against two teams, the one across the field and the one that's on our sideline. And that's not a winning formula for anyone, but certainly not for a program that's in the early stages of a build. So we're going to be focused on us, and success is going to be when we feel like we're playing true to our identity and um, we're playing together and playing hard and, and reaching that level of performance where uh, we feel like we've, we've maximized our potential. Final question, Coach, second row. And uh, Mike uh, referenced about how you guys are getting out to Hawaii a little bit earlier to kind of get acclimated. Is it important, though, because I know team building activities in the spring were, were important to this team, to get something more out of that trip than just like your general you know, business road trip? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're, we're going to use it as a chance to be off-site and to uh, get to know each other more deeply. I mean, I think it's a you know, it's an amazing setting to do that. And yet we have to keep, you know, in the forefront of our mind, the reason for our trip. Um, and that's, you know, to win a football game. And so there's a balance there. But um, I, I think that, you know, the game will be played. I think the experience of being in Hawaii together as a team for a week, um, you know, we'll draw on those connections through the course of a season. And I think it could be a great start to actualizing that identity that we want to play with, um, you know, as the, as the year moves forward. And then really, hey, maybe the star of media days. I'm very disappointed we didn't get to interview Mike Wright, starting quarterback for the Vanderbilt Commodores, came out here, guns a-blazing here, just a ball of energy up here. He may have very well been the best player interview of the entire SEC media days. I mean, we get some Tennessee talk, some Hendon Hooker talk. Manning Passing Academy, he's talking about his suit here, goes in great detail here, the Atlanta native coming home for SEC Media Days. And based on his energy, his enthusiasm, his excitement, hey, if that rubs off on some of his teammates, again, we see why Clark Lee is very confident about what his team can do this fall because they've got one hell of a leader here in Mike Wright on the field. So let's kick it over to uh, the highlights of what Mike Wright had to say down here at SEC Media Days. Okay, we have Mike Wright from Vanderbilt, and he would like to open with some remarks. It's all yours. Uh, how's everybody doing? Um, I'm Mike Wright, quarterback at Vanderbilt University. And uh, just my, my opening remark, it doesn't have anything to do with football. It just has to do with this, what I'm wearing, all right? I'm a big fashion guy, uh, so I'm, I'm wearing Miguel Wilson today, all right? Number one suit maker in the world, in the planet, all right? So if you need a custom suit, go to him. And I'm big on fashion. So the Vanderbilt's coming out, so everybody get your feet in the ground. All right, so look, we got a Hercules beetle right here, okay? A Hercules beetle, interesting fact, can carry 800 times its weight, all right? Hercules beetle. And so right now I'm here representing 110 guys on my team, representing, you know, my entire institution organization back home. So... Today I got to be a Hercules Beetle. Besides that, I'm all energy, all good. Um, I'm just excited to be here, and I'm glad. I, I, I wish I could take a picture, picture with each and every one of you, because I love taking pictures, but 
I don't know if they, I don't know if we got enough time for all that. So I wish I could meet you guys, okay. but hey, right. we'll figure it out. Is this your personality, or is this kind of an NIL thing? Um, oh no, this is me, and I, I can't hide it either. I've been trying to contain myself all day long, but I'm a high energy guy. I have enough energy from everybody in this room and everybody back home. Uh, so this is who I am. Uh, I will wear a suit to Waffle House if I have to. I mean, this is just who I am. I think it's in me and won't leave either. How about, well, how about just the season? Um, what, what are you guys working, especially in the off season, going into the season? Yeah, we went back and looked at film and looked on things that we can improve of. And that was a level of focus for us. And that's the focus has been in this winter, in the spring, and in the summer. How can we get better? How can we keep improving as a team and as an organization? And so we had a... We had a hard time last year. I mean, it's no secret, but I think there's a level of determination. There's a different attitude, a different mentality in our, in our organization and our, for our football team. So we're excited. We're ready to go. I wanted to know, what did you learn from being at the Manning Passing Academy, and what did you do well last season? Oh, yeah. So MPA is an amazing – it was an amazing opportunity for me. Every single one of the Mannings was hands-on. Um, you're, you're with college guys and quarterbacks from all over the country, and – it was just an amazing opportunity. I know uh, we're in a group chat right now. All the college guys are in a group chat, and we're all going through pretty much the same thing. There's, there hasn't been a situation that either one of us haven't you know, figured out yet. So that level of communication is always there. We're in a group chat every day. Um, I was roomed with Hook, Hendon Hooker, from the Orange School, so I think Peyton did that on purpose and you know, <laughs> just to throw a little jab. But it was fun. I learned a lot. And it's, as far as just uh, what I learned for me, it was just – you know, just being able, just getting throws out, just throwing the ball, letting them clean up anything that they see. And it was just having fun. It was a fun and tremendous opportunity. And if any college guys have an opportunity to go out there and do it, do it. Don't hesitate, because you learn so much. You're having a great time. Love the enthusiasm. Thank you. you gained, I appreciate it. You gained it. a fan today. Um, it clearly means a lot to be selected as one of Vanderbilt's representatives at SEC Media Days, especially in your hometown mm -hmm. uh, of Atlanta. How did you find out that you were going to be uh, one of the three, and, and sort of what does it mean to be representing your teammates uh, up there on that podium? Right, that's a great question. Uh, Coach Lee called me. It was like, hey, Mike, um, we'll be excited if you can go down there and, and represent your team. And so I was smiling from ear to ear. I was already smiling just because I, I was already smiling. I'm having a good day already. And so um, – but when he called me and let me know, that's just it's just a testament to, of the trust that um, not only Coach Lee has, but the team has in you. And just being able to represent everybody back home um, here in Atlanta, uh, at Vanderbilt, all the alumni, the legacy that, that comes through before and it will come after. Um, it's just a level of trust, and it's, a, it's an appreciation. It's a blessing for me. Uh, what, is the, what is the game on Vandy's schedule that you are most anticipating this season and why? Um, I think, I mean, you always circle the rivalry game. Uh, like my parents went to the orange school, so they, they went there. And so I've, I, the rivalry won't escape me and it never will at this point. Um, but I, I think for me, I hate to get a cliche answer, but it's the truth. I focus on one game at a time. I don't, I, I never look ahead because when you, once you start looking ahead, you'll miss what's in the present. And so I focus on one game at a time. And my focus right now is just getting this team ready and getting this team ready. We play week zero. So we had, a, we had one of the first games in, in college football and we're embracing that role and we're excited for it. And then, hey, we got another interview. We just couldn't squeeze it in last. I mean, this was this is the day I believe we had it. We threw out a three-hour podcast. <laughs> so I feel bad. But, uh, hey, we're getting it in while we can. We had Billy Derrick from the Door Report. Does an outstanding job covering the Vanderbilt Commodores. Let's kick it over to Shane and I's conversation with Billy Derrick. Right, so, hey, we're pleased to be here with Billy Derrick. 
door report. Big, big comments from old Clark Lee today. Oh, what, man. What was your Sneak, thoughts on that? Sneaky good comments. That's what I want to say. They, he he kind of <laughs> lulled us there for a little bit, and then I was like, wait, what did he just say? Yeah, there were a couple of those from Clark today. Number one, naming Mike Wright the starting quarterback. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people knew before, you know, he went up there and spoke that it's probably going to be Mike Wright. He's probably the guy. Mm-hmm. But he went out and said it. And, you know, then everybody's asking Mike Wright about that. And, you know, he, he's the guy if, he, if he's here. You know, that's what yeah. we think. Right. But to have a head coach say that was that – was, that's a pretty big statement. I mean, and that's, that's something – That's what this used to be about. Now it's every – got to keep everybody in the dark about everything, you know? <laughs> I know. I know. So that was the, num- that was the first one. The and old competition, you know. <laughs> we got the old – hey, what is that – before we go to the comment, yeah. I want to say – if, if Okay, so Wright's named. What does that mean for Seals? Do you think he makes it through the season, or do you think this is something you we're know, not going to see him hit the camp or hit the floor? I think he makes it through the season okay, um, because he, he didn't transfer before the season, right. which was crazy to me. You know, we, we had thought after a roller coaster of a season for him last year that he was out of here. You know, he got hurt. A lot of you know a lot of stuff going on with Ken Seals last right. year. So for him to be on the team still was a shocker. Yeah. So I think you know he's going to be in there. He's going to fight. He's going to battle. And you know knowing Vanderbilt and that offense, he's going to play. Oh yeah. I mean he's he's going to get some snaps and play. So I don't think this means Ken Seals is is the number three guy now. I mean he's still the number two guy, and he's going to play. Now of course barring an injury, that's another thing that's out there. But. You know he's going to play. Also, Let, let's face it. In reality, of Vanderbilt's situation, he's going to have to play. Yeah. Now having Mike right here, does that speak to just what a leader and a, and a captain he is for the Commodores? Yeah. I mean, you guys saw it. I don't know if y'all heard him talk, but he's got some confidence. He's got some swagger. He's happy to be back in Atlanta in his hometown. And you know, a lot of it is talk. You know, talk is cheap. You got to got to see it on the field. And yeah. and I'm kind of in that mold, but. It does say a little bit to you know to, to fans, especially Vanderbilt fans, that he does have that confidence, yeah. and it takes a lot to. I mean, he's a great speaker, but mm-hmm. you know, it takes a little bit more to go out there and actually say these things. That's so, right. um, you know, he's got the confidence; he can run the ball. I mean, he he's arguably the fastest player on the team, right. especially offensively. So, and we saw him break. Uh, I think against Missouri, he had a long eighty-yard run, yeah. and you know, he had some other longer runs. I think against Tennessee as well. Uh, but the throwing is is what matters. I mean, he went to the Manning yeah. Passing Academy. Yep. You know, what for whatever that's worth, we we've seen guys go there and you know, improve, but we've also seen guys go there, and it's just a good experience. You know, they, they kind of right. want to be able to tout themselves and say they went to that. But, you know, for Mike Wright, he, he's he's been through a lot at Vanderbilt, but I think it's his time now, you know, and, and he's the leader, and that's kind of the, the, the way Vanderbilt fans are looking at it now. He's the leader. He's the emotional leader. He's the leader on the field. And I think that's a good thing for Vanderbilt, you know, to kind of start you've got your guy and you know who the guy is as opposed to last year – you know, who's the guy? You know, we didn't know if it was Seals. We didn't know right. if it was right. Now you've got the guy that's, you know, I don't know if that's a step in the right direction, but, you know, that's kind of a foundation that you start with. And you look at equalizer with those legs. Keep the chains moving. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it's a great move for Vanderbilt yeah. because there's going to be a lot of games that you're going to need something. Yeah. You're going to need a little X factor, and yeah. I think that's what he brings to it. But let's get to it, Mike. The question, <laughs> I, I've got to get – I've got it saved program. on my phone too. I made sure I saved we it. We know in time Vanderbilt – Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. <laughs> I love the confidence. I do too. I love it. Yeah, I mean, what? I I want to back it up. I, I really, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I I really do. But um, that's who Clark is. You know, that's who Clark Lee is. He's been at Notre Dame. Yeah. And you know, he's heard Brian Kelly say that those kinds of things. And you know, he's going to get up there and say things like that. Now, 
of course, people are going to take it out of proportion, joke about it on Twitter like we all right. are. That's what SEC Media Days is for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I do – I'm with you, Shane, in saying that, you know, why not? Why, yeah. why the hell not? I mean, yes, you're Vanderbilt, but – you know, you got to get up there and and speak speak with a with a with a loud voice and, yeah. and and be confident in yourself. And you know, he's doing that. At the same time, you know, will they ever win a national title? No. Right. You know that that's that's. But they're playing for that well, and they're competing not? for that. You know, we we talk optimistically about Vanderbilt a lot, and one of the things we talk about is the, the location. There is not a better spot. I, I'm I'm looking. This is fun. I love Atlanta, but I'm looking for next year's game to or. Uh, Media Media days because we're going to be in Nashville. Yeah, you know it it is a it is a sleeping giant, and and if you can get that fan base fired up, if you can get these boosters buying in, which we're starting to see it with some renovations Mm -hmm. already that uh, that Clark Lee is is a part of, and I just like the build up. You know what? How far? How far out before Vanderbilt's a competition again in the SEC? Well, we we got to we got to wait and see because you talked about the facilities. You know. those are probably two, maybe three years away. Right. I mean, they're going to start construction next year, kind of like what Missouri did a couple of years ago where they've got a construction site in, in, mm-hmm. in one of their end zones. Vanderbilt's going to pretty much have it in both end zones yeah. you know, before the year's over. So that'll be happening. You'll be seeing, kind of visualizing what it's going to look like in the end zones. Uh, but until that's done, you know, that's big for recruits. Yeah. You know, you go to a stadium – Clark Lee is sending these guys, and, and, you know, half the stadium is full with red or blue or the other mm-hmm. color. And so Vanderbilt's got to get to a point first to where they can at least take their crowd back, take their stadium back. Right. That's the first thing. Number two, you've got to see those, I think, renovations. Yeah. You know, obviously winning is more important, but you've also got to have those renovations. I mean, we've seen it with Arkansas. We saw it with Missouri to where that makes a difference. Yeah. You know, that, that really does make a difference not only for the fans, for the players, you know, for road teams that come in. They – they want to play in a nice stadium. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's really important. But in terms of a, a, a timeline, it's just tough. It, it's yeah. tough right now. I think realistically, Clark Lee, a good barometer right now is three years. Yeah. You know, three years from now, they, they should be where, you know, they want to be as a program. Right. You know, they should they should be making a bowl game. They, they should be getting four stars. Mm-hmm. They should they should dominate the mid-state of, of Tennessee. And that's what they've started to kind of do. I mean, they got a top 40 recruiting class after a season like that. So that, that to me says that it's there. It's in this program for it to happen. But you've got to see some of that other stuff. You've got to see the facilities. Right. and so. But, of course, winning is the most important thing. Yeah, and I've had former Vanderbilt lineman Bruno Reagan on the show. Oh, yeah. And he's said it's a marvel that they had that recruiting class because – the environment is similar to a morgue down there in Vanderbilt. <laughs> like, how in the heck are they recruiting these players to campus right now? But they're selling them on the future. They're selling them on the vision. Let me ask you this, because this is something that he and I go back with all the time. We hit on Nashville, how exciting it is. Why do they not utilize that more, or how can they, you know, whether it's a, like a pregame concert series or just anything to make – Vanderbilt, we already know, is unique in the SEC – they need to use that as a strength instead of saying, well, we don't got what Alabama's got. We don't got what Tennessee's got. You do have Nashville, and there's ways to utilize that for the fan experience, for the game day experience, and I'm just not seeing that commitment. No, and, you know, we were talking about it yesterday, our show in Nashville, and, you know, why not a post-game fireworks show? You know, yeah, or, yeah. or something anything. like that. You know, anything. Uh, a, a pre-game concert with – 
you know, any country music singer that lives in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, incorporate the city w with your team because you're in that city. It's a you guys have been there. It's a ten minute, five ten minute drive from yeah. Broadway. You know, and so I think that's what Vandy fans want to see. When Franklin was here, Nashville wasn't what it is now. So it is tougher for Clark Lee because you go to Nashville. You know, you're gonna you want to go to a concert. Right. You could go to a Preds game, Titans game, all kinds of different things. Vanderbilt football is not an attraction right now. Yeah. And, of course, it's hard for Clark Lee, but they've got to get there, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, number one thing is winning, but the, the small things you just talked about, Mike, I think will help. I mean, bring those younger fans. There's so many young right. people in Nashville, too, that want to just have a good time and mm -hmm. see something cool, you know. And so I'm, I'm with you. I think fireworks show, concert, whatever. Of course, we talk about it all the time on our podcast. Uh, my buddy Will Byram always says number one thing is winning. You just yeah. got to win. Forget about all that stuff. But for me, you're at Vanderbilt. You've got to think differently. It's, yeah. Yes, it's about winning. But you've, you're different than everybody else, so you've got to do things differently right. because you can't think like Alabama. You can't think like Tennessee. You've got to think outside the box, and I think that's what Clark Lee's doing. Yeah. How big is that season opener looming over the season Hawaii after last season's terrible start? Uh, you know, they've got to avoid those mistakes uh, in the opener in a tricky spot. I mean, it should be a good fun going out there, but – they got to focus on football out there. Yeah, they, they really do. And Clark Lee talked about that. He said there's a lot to this trip. You know, it's, it's week zero. It's basically, you know, the Hall of Fame game in the NFL. That's what you have a lot of eyes on. I mean, 930 yeah, right. in Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii's not a very good team. <laughs> um, so, But I think some, some passionate college football fans are going to be watching that game and just because it's, it's whatever's on. It's 930 oh, kick. I would love to go to See, that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to break the bank for that one. But, uh, but no, I, I'm with you, Mike. I just think I asked a lot of the players about about it you know are, are y'all playing with a chip on your shoulder after what happened against ETSU last year and an in-state FBS team knocks mm -hmm. you off not just beats you but they beat the brakes off you I mean they come into your house and dominate you so does that put a chip on your shoulder of course they all said no not really we're going in with the same mindset as we do every year but I got to believe that they want to make a statement in that first game no matter who they're playing if they were playing Georgia Tech if they were playing Elon no matter who they're playing they got to make a statement because you got to show the growth as a program that you've been able to make. And so it's a huge game, and it's going to be a challenge. I mean, for this program, it's going to be that type of a challenge to where they've got to take advantage of, of whatever Hawaii brings to them. Oh, final thing real quick. Uh, sorry, I'm losing concentration over here, getting the, <laughs> getting the clip over here. But is this year we see Vanderbilt defense start to – look like that that Vanderbilt Clark Lee defense that we want to see I think so and we saw some flashes of it last year you know down the stretch against South Carolina Tennessee and some yeah. of the later games of that stretch where Clark Lee you can see his his imprint on this defense I mean he had a couple linebackers Ethan Barr I think he was a walk-on you know not real big not real strong you know he turned him into a pretty good linebacker and then Anthony Orgy a guy that's here yeah. too is very talented I mean he he I think is a guy that could be drafted next year and so developing those guys and seeing that imprint that Clark Lee has put on this defense is mm -hmm. is pretty impressive and, and he's I think he squeezed just as much as he as he could out of the, that team last year. I mean, yeah. you know, and so he's got to try to do the same thing again this year. Um, and it'll be interesting. I think the defense, of course, is going to be the strength. Uh, but Kane Patterson, a, a guy out of Clemson, a yeah. local kid, uh, his brother Langston is actually at Vanderbilt too. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see does that, does that take another big step 
or right. is it? You know, we'll get it. We'll get a good sense of the timeline and, and, and Clark Lee and that, that Vanderbilt team. Can you tell the audience before you go how to how to find your work and, and give you a follow on social media? Sure, appreciate it. The Door Report, Door underscore Report on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. Got to work on Instagram and TikTok. Shane, <laughs> that, that's pretty tough for us. But uh, we also got YouTube. We're putting every podcast up, just like you guys. And uh, we'll have all of our SEC Media Days content up uh, today as well. But uh, I appreciate it, right, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys you so are looking much. good here at SEC Media Days. <laughs> have a good one. Appreciate it. So just want to say thanks again, Billy, for joining the show. He, we were on his show as well, so if you missed that, live on Radio Row, go check that out. He does a great job, again, for the Door Report. Founded the Door Report there, so uh, great stuff from Billy. But last but not least, Mississippi State. And again, we kind of covered everything. We got we got nearly everything Mike Leach had to say first go around because how could you not? The, the man's a freaking quote machine. But we did touch, Shane and I, on – you know, some of the things that uh, Coach, Le- Coach Leach had to say on the Paul Feinbaum show. And, you know, he's asking, I think, the right questions. Is, is the sport headed in the right direction? He's not definitive one way or another, but he asked some important questions. So let's kick it over to Mike Leach. I thought this was, uh, you know, a pretty insightful answer here to that question. Uh, with everything that's going on surrounding college athletics, college football, do you feel like things are – are trending to a, a better place or, or a worse place, uh, generally speaking, for the sport? Too early to tell. Too early to tell. Because uh, right now what we have is unsustainable. Uh, there will be changes. Uh, we're probably in the biggest transition period that uh, we've been in since I've been coaching. You know, I mean, shoot, changing everything. We've got realignment going on. we got... Uh, playoff talk going on. We've got, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> unmitigated free agency and bidding wars. Exactly what uh, the basketball guys and everybody else said not to get into. Well, we're in the middle of bidding wars. Uh, you know, we coach the athletes that have more privileges than any other professional sport uh, probably in the history of the world. And then... Um, and uh, but some something will change. I don't know what it'll be. I mean, um, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, being a professional is not all privilege and no responsibility. And um, so, and I, I do think getting you know, if everybody got on the same page, they could f- find a relatively easy solution. The most difficult thing is getting everybody on the same page. I think. And then last but not least, here receiver Austin Williams. Six-year senior, I believe. You know, one of the most sure-handed guys in the conference. He's a, a security blanket of sorts for Will Rogers on third down, on fourth down. Key situations. Will Rogers is looking to go to Austin Williams. And, man, we just cannot overstate how much this Mississippi State team is being overlooked. And, hell, they're, they're overlooked every preseason. But this year could be on another level, not seen since going back to 2014, of course, when they went to number one in the nation. No one was talking about them then either. So Mississippi State returning more production than anybody in the SEC. They've got an elite offensive line. They've got a hell of a defensive line in Zach Arnett, who's worked wonders with the players he's had to work with. They've added via the transfer portal to shore up that defensive secondary. They've got good linemen, good linebackers. Could have a very, very good defense this fall in Starkville. And if they do, Mississippi State is coming into a special season 
a special season. And that's something Austin Williams kind of hints at here uh, during his media availability at Media Days. Right. Maybe something, what's happened this offseason or, you know, what gives you confidence you guys have improved and you'll have a, a better 2022 season? I really like who we got in the locker room, honestly. I like the guys we got. I feel like everybody's on the same page, kind of banding together. There's not a lot of guys taken away from our goal, or if any. You know, this, I feel like everybody's on the same mission, same path. You, got, you know, that, that's important. Everybody's going to be pulling in the same direction, right? We don't got a lot of guys pulling apart. And I think that's me really well. I, I just liked what we've done this offseason. I think we're really working hard competing. All right, so, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Again, it's been, just been a slow time. I think everybody – takes a week off here after media days i'm taking off myself i'm going to try to see if we can squeeze out one more pod before i hit the road to uh, kentucky hopefully i make it back alive after my fine bomb comments went pretty viral but uh, uh <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll get cousin shane back on the show and from what i understand hey i don't want to make any promises but from what i understand cousin shane is finally hooking up that video equipment so we may be seeing more of the Tennessee Homer as uh, <laughs> as we inch closer to the upcoming SEC season. But I cannot thank everyone enough for tuning in during the offseason. I know it's tough. College football right around the corner. We've got fall camp starting all across the SEC uh, next week even. This week, excuse me, Friday, Vanderbilt starts off training camp, the first training camp to kick off in the SEC Friday. So uh, cannot wait. SEC football just over a month away. But that's going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll catch you on the next one.